You're listening to Late Nights with Subang Utama Leos. In today's episode, we'll be talking about something we all know and love. Sleep! If you didn't already know, the 19th of March is actually World Sleep Day, and in conjunction with World Sleep Day, we've collected a few questions from our Facebook and Instagram, and we have a really special guest here with us today to answer all of your questions. Enjoy! Speaking of sleep, let's welcome today's guest. And our today's guest speaker is... Dr. Jivanan! Yay! Yay! Welcome! Hello! Hi! Okay, um, thank you very much for getting in touch and uh, wanting me to talk to you all about sleep today because uh, I think it's such an important topic and I was really amazed that the group of 17-year-olds, which I guess I never expected questions like these that were going to come up from 17-year-olds, in fact, your questions were a lot more intelligent than half the adults I see in the clinic. So give yourself a good pat on the back because those questions Aww. are really great <laughs> questions. So everyone, I know with teens, the two common problems you hear from teens is they either love to sleep all the time or they can't sleep at all. It's like two extremes, isn't it so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what is important about sleep is um, sleep is actually very, it's a very active process. Okay. Y'all are girls, so you're very worried about how you look, you know, you're conscious about how you look and all that, right? So mm-hmm. you, you're very careful about what you eat, you know, you, you always are very conscious about how you look, how you present yourself. But did you even think that sleep is something so important that it actually has an important aspect in maintaining your weight and keeping your skin very good? Did you realize that? Oh, really? I did not. <laughs> so there's so many things. We make it a point to exercise, we make it a point to look after what we eat, but we don't seem to think very much about sleep. But sleep is actually a very active process. It's not that your body is shutting down and, you know, everything is going to rest. Your body needs, it's actually a reversal of function. How your body works during the day and how your body works during the night is very, very different. So there are a lot of functions that are going on when you're awake and a lot of functions going on when you're asleep. And when you're sleeping, it actually prepares you to wake up the next day, feeling fresh, feeling good, and so that you can deal with the day. And as you go right through the day, you will start getting tired, you will feel less energetic, and your body is telling you that it's time for you to rest, and then you go to sleep. So let me start off with a simple question to the both of you. Oh, no. You guys are 16 years old, right? 16, 17, right? Uh, 17, 17. Okay, that's the age when you want to be older, another 10 years from now, when I ask that same question, you all say, I want to be younger. Mm-hmm. So, for your age, how many hours do you think you need to sleep? Mm. I sleep around 8 hours, so I think that's enough. To me, I think it's like 8 or 8 to 10 hours is enough for me. Okay. Yeah. So, the younger you are, the more sleep you need. So, when you're born, in the first few, years, in the first few months of your life, you need to sleep at least 14 to 17 hours that's why babies sleep all the time. As you get older, the requirement becomes lesser and lesser, but not that much of a difference, okay? So when you're in primary school, you're supposed to sleep somewhere between 9 to 11 hours. Wow. Yes. And really? when you're in teenage years, yes. And this is not what I'm saying, okay? This is what the, the guidelines tell us. Oh, okay, okay. And from 14 to 17, you're supposed to sleep between 10, 8 to 10 hours. So it's not like, you know, I sleep 
six hours at night, I sleep two hours in the afternoon, I sleep two hours somewhere in between. No, it has to be eight to 10 hours of uninterrupted sleep. Mm. And it's not just the duration that's important. It's also what your body goes through when you sleep. So have you heard of something called sleep stages? Um, no, never. Okay. So when your body is actually going through sleep, it's just like how when you start exercising. When you exercise, you warm up your body, you stretch your muscles, and then you do exercise, correct? Mm-hmm. So sleep also, it's something like that. You sort of go into stages. So you, you go into the first stage, second stage, third stage, and then you've got something called REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep. So at every point of this, different things happen. So the first stage is your body transitions from wakefulness to sleep. And then from, uh, from that, it goes on to stage two, which is light sleep, where you're now, everything is slowing down, everything is going deeper, but you're still not transitioned yet into deep sleep. So if somebody tries to wake you up here, you can still wake up very easily. So you, I'm sure you realize, right, when you go to sleep, sometimes when your parents try and wake you up, you wake up very easily. Sometimes it's like, uh, what's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay? <laughs> so it means that they've woken you up in different stages of sleep. So they, when you wake you up in stage two, you're actually still in light sleep. So that's when you're still quite conscious. And then when you go on to stage three, that's when you go into deep sleep. So when deep sleep, you're getting, you know, you really, everything sort of settles down, your heart rate slows down, your muscles become very relaxed. And then subsequently, you transition to REM sleep. Now, REM sleep is when your eyelids are closed, but your eyeballs are moving. So that's why they call it rapid eye movement sleep. Okay? And there's a lot of brain activity that goes on during this time. So this is the period where you have dreams, good dreams, eh? not bad dreams is a different story. You know, the nightmares, <laughs> we'll talk about that later, but okay. you, you have these dreams and all that. So when you are woken up during uh, stage three of deep sleep or in REM sleep, uh, that's when you feel very groggy and you feel like you want to go back to sleep again. So usually when you have to take a flight early in the morning at four o'clock, you know, Air Asia flies horrible timings, right? And yeah. somebody comes and tries to wake you at 4 o'clock in the morning and you'll be like, so blur. Uh, that mm. means they've woken you up during REM sleep. Uh. So all these stages actually go very, very cyclical. So they, they sort of like, everything goes, you go into stage 1, stage 2, stage 3, and then subsequently you, um, what do you call that? And then you go into REM sleep. So it's very, very, everything goes according to a certain particular phase. Why? Because there are lots and lots of functions that go on during these uh, cycles. So if everything goes according to plan, that you wake up feeling fresh. So people who have blocked nose, people who breathe through their mouth, uh, you know, they have what we call as, they get very, very, it's very cut, you know, the sleep is very fragmented. So they yeah. get a lot of disturbed sleep, you know, when we talk to your parents and they bring these small kids to see us, we ask them, we call them the helicopter babies. They move all around the bed, they kick in their sleep, they move, yeah, yeah, yeah. they grind their teeth, they, oh. they, they, they tend to, when they wake up, pillow somewhere else, blanket somewhere else. So all these are telling you that you're not getting good sleep. <coughs> I hope I'm not describing any one of you. Huh? <laughs> okay. So... Before, uh, before we, uh, we go on with the first questions, we would like uh, to introduce ourselves. Like, okay. okay. Cheryl? Okay, so hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm the school environmental chairperson. Yeah. And I'm Sophia. I'm the public relations chairperson. And I'm Dr. Jivanan. I'm an ENT surgeon who likes to talk a lot about sleep and breathing. Yay! <laughs> Yay! 
Okay. So let's uh, let's start off with the first question. This question is from Dida. He asks, when it comes to sleeping, is it true that you hear nothing or feel nothing at all? As in sleeping soundly. Okay, not entirely true. Okay, when you're actually falling asleep, you can still be aware. And there are two different states, but I'm not going to tell you the, the scientific names. But when you're falling asleep and when you're waking up, you are more attuned to sounds, you're more attuned to people touching you. That's why when somebody comes and calls you when you're sleeping or touches you or, you know, taps you, you wake up because you sense the feeling. But during sleep, all right, your brain acts like a filter. So it sort of cuts off all these sounds. So for example, it depends on where your environment. If I'm staying near an airport, right? And if I constantly hear aeroplanes flying over me, I will sleep right through the sounds. But if you are not used to it and you come and stay with me one night, every plane that passing overhead, you will wake up because you're not accustomed to that sound. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, things like you, you really have to, your brain does a lot of work. So why is this so? Because we always have to go back to history, prehistoric times. We were all not lucky at one point to sleep in the comfort of a bed in a protected room, you know. We used yeah, to sleep yeah. <laughs> and all that. So if you don't hear, you know, things like animals coming near or something like that, you are more prone to predators. You get what mm -hmm. I mean? So that's yeah. why snoring is a very dangerous thing because if you snore in the open, it's like inviting predators, come please attack me and eat me. <laughs> So it's something, you know, it's how we evolved, you know. So all these things, it's, it's a very complex mechanism. But basically speaking, no, we can still hear, we can still feel things, but depending on which stage of sleep we are. And our brain really acts like a filter to all these things. Okay, so moving on to our next question. Um, does our body go through detoxification when we sleep? I feel like it's a really good question. Yes, it is a very, very good question. Okay, there's a lot of new research in this area. And in fact, science has actually now, they found something new in the human body. They described something very, very new in the human body. There's something called the lymphatic system. Have you heard of it? The lymphatic system? Ah, uh, yes, the lymphatic system. I've heard of it, but I've forgotten about it. <laughs> basically how your body actually clears, uh, you know, um, you would say toxins, but it's a sort of a waste disposal mechanism in your body. So, you know, sometimes when you have a sore throat, you get a small lump over here. Uh -huh. you know, yeah, yeah. The lymph nodes. So just like that, they added a G in front of the lymphatic and they call it the glymphatic system. Ooh. Now, the glymphatic system is something that's very new. There's a lot of research going on on this. Now, basically, they found that this was the toxic waste uh, system of the brain. Wow. So when, when your brain is actually awake... There are certain hormones that increase, there are certain hormones that decrease. And when you're awake, adrenaline, you know your adrenaline? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Norepinephrine. So that actually goes up. And when you're asleep, that actually comes down. And I can't mm. remember what the exact one was the other one, but during sleep, there's something else goes up. And the glymphatic system has to work to reduce all these toxic waste environment from your brain. So when you're sleeping, the system is actually working to clear out all these kind of uh, waste material from your brain. And a lot of research was gone into this because of 
Alzheimer's disease. You know what's Alzheimer's disease, right? The yeah. Old, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, so can't remember. Yeah, you know, yeah. Dementia, Alzheimer's to be a big thing. So they believe that this was because the waste disposal system, but there's a lot of research on this. But basically, when you sleep, other than everything, you're, you're, when you get enough oxygen, when you're breathing correctly during sleep, your whole body goes through a cellular regeneration. That means your, your cells are repairing itself, new cells are being produced, your old cells are, you know, your old cells are getting killed off and they're getting oh, yeah, yeah. killed off. You, you learn all this in science, right? All these funny, funny terms. Ah, uh, yes, of, of course. <laughs> all these cells and how they work and all that. So that's how actually sleep is very, very important. But for this to happen, remember I was telling you about sleep stages? Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. So that's the reason why your sleep stages has to work in rhythm because all these things are coordinated very nicely. So if you don't get enough uh, REM sleep or enough deep sleep, you don't get what we call as restorative sleep. That means, you know, like what Cheryl said just now, I wake up with <laughs> feeling tired after eight to 10 hours of sleep. Yeah. That means something is not right. <laughs> oh. yeah. So it's a very, very, sleep is very, very important. So one of the things that we even look at in children, when they don't get good sleep and when they, when they have these kind of problems, right? This is one of the reasons why they suspect that children are very hyperactive. That means they cannot sit still, they cannot focus, they've got short attention span, cannot concentrate. And also, it has got something to do with learning and memory. You know, I mean, when you all talk to your friends, right, I'm sure some of you all say, yeah, that person, uh, read one time really can remember everything. I read three times or so, I still cannot remember. Does this sound familiar to you all? Sorry? That's me studying Sejarah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. That's also me. Every, so, time, every time we study something, oh my god, it's so hard to memorize. You know, that means uh, there's something not right with your sleep. Because imprinting and memory happens in your sleep. So let's say uh, you read something in your Sejarah book, okay? Let's mm -hmm. say uh, the World War II happened between 1941 and 1945. Mm -hmm. Okay, you read it. This is the mm -hmm. first time you're reading it. But mm -hmm. when you go to sleep, during REM sleep, during deep sleep, there's part of your brain now that is actually now, it's taking a photographic picture of that what you read and it's imprinting it in your memory cells. And that imprinting is very important during sleep. So if you compromise your sleep, that process doesn't take place. So that's why the next day when you wake up, you cannot remember what you read. So you see how important sleep is? Yeah, it's really yeah. important. It's really, really important. In fact, I, I, I keep telling people, you know, sleep is one of the most important activities to human beings, but yet it's one of the most easiest we compromise on. That means one of the easiest things that yeah. we give up on. Mm. So we work hard on exercising, we work hard on controlling our diet, we do a lot of things, but when it comes to sleep, it's okay lah, today I don't get enough, tomorrow I'll catch up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The week, I'll catch up over the weekend. Uh, these are all bad habits, okay? Don't go down this path. <laughs> in very simple words yes your sleep does help detoxify your body and it also helps your cells to regenerate itself and heal itself oh okay cool all right so are you ready for the third question yep okay the third question is what can i do if i can't fall asleep ah this one loaded question <laughs> <laughs> you're asking a lot of people out there what can you do if you can't fall asleep okay 
Now, first of all, you need to, you, you see, sleep is something, if you, if you inculcate bad habits before you go to bed, um, you're going to have a lot of problems falling asleep. Now, our brain, our eyes, all these things, right? We, we, came from a, we came from past where there was no electricity. So we are very dependent on sunlight. So when we see sun, we know it's time to go, uh, get out and go out and do our work. When we see the sun going down and darkness is coming, our brain also now programs ourselves to say that, okay, it's time to slow down and time to go and get some rest. But what has happened is we discovered electricity. So we now can have lights 24 hours a day. So your brain now gets confused, you know. It's like, where's the sun? Where's darkness? Because, yeah, true. Because there are a lot of hormones in your body that are working based on exposure to sunlight and exposure to darkness. So there's something called melatonin. Now, melatonin increases when nighttime comes, which helps you sleep. Mm-hmm. But oh. if you are sitting under a white fluorescent light or bright lights, you're looking at the TV, you're looking at the computer, all these things tells your brain that it's still bright and it's not time for you to go to bed. Mm. You see? So that is why it is very important. Don't keep computer screens. You know, Try not to have your phones beside you on the bed. <laughs> I know it's difficult, okay? Because the tendency is before you go to sleep, you want to check and see what's on, you know, what's on your phone, what messages. Yeah. yeah. So these are all very, very, very bad habits. In fact, I don't know if you realize, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you are feeling very sleepy, you know, sometimes towards the end of the day, you already feel like you want to sleep, you're very tired, you want to go to sleep. Uh-huh, yeah. And then suddenly you realize that you haven't done some work and you go back and you sit in front of the computer and you do some work. And after yeah. 10 minutes, you're like wide awake again. Uh-huh, yeah. Have you realized that? You see, because the moment you, you, you look at all these bright lights, right? Your brain now tells you that it's not time for you to sleep. You're tired and you want to sleep, but your brain cannot shut down now. <laughs> you get what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. All these, all these things are very, very important. So, the, the, what do you call that? We were talking about, this is something that we call a circadian rhythm. Your body is like a biological clock. So you really have to understand how all these things work, you know. So it's 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 really very very interesting to see how uh, you know sleep timing. So going back to the question about what can you do when you cannot fall asleep. So these are things that you need to avoid. Make your room a bedroom, like a place for you which is comfortable. That means it's like a comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? Your mattress must be comfortable. You have a very comfortable area to sleep, comfortable pillows. The lighting must be very nice. You know, it should be darker. It should be more softer environment. The temperature also. So they say the cooler the temperature, the easier it is for us to sleep. And I know there's a big argument whether aircon is better or fan is better. It's much more difficult to sleep. When it's raining, it's nice and cool. It's easier yeah. for us to sleep. Yep. So there's, there's all these things are very important. When you have your own rooms later, try not to have a TV in the room. <laughs> so these are things that, you know, people tend to... And there are also other things that are very important. What you eat, what you sleep is also very, very important. So if you're... Are you all drinking coffee now, like Starbucks and stuff like that? Um, I do drink some iced coffee, like, like um, almost every day, actually. <laughs> yeah. So they say if you're taking anything with caffeine... Mm-hmm. Try to take it at about before 2 in the day. After 2, try to avoid caffeine. Because caffeine, stimulants, even alcohol for that matter, right? People say, oh no, I can take this, I can sleep better. 
it disrupts a lot in your sleep stages. So people who take caffeine before they go to sleep, they actually go to sleep. But what actually happens is they don't go into deep sleep and REM sleep. They get a lot of non-restorative sleep. So when they wake up, they actually wake up not so fresh. Even though when you wake up, you don't really... Because you cannot judge what is fresh and what is not fresh, right? You wake up, mm-hmm, you, yeah. that's what it is, right? So you, 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 you don't really know that you've actually lost a lot of REM sleep. And as you can see, I'm a very, very strong coffee drinker. <laughs> I drink at least about three to four cups a day. And I've got sleep issues as well. But I can still go to sleep, I can wake up and all. But recently, when I started wearing a sleep tracker, and that's when I realized that I was not getting a lot of REM sleep. So then what I did was, I now stopped coffee by 2 o'clock, latest 3, and after that, I don't have any more caffeine anymore. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I started getting my REM sleep back, which was shocking to me as a doctor and a person who talks about sleep. Yeah. So we preach to others, but we don't realize that we also sometimes make the same mistakes as well. So all these things are very, very important, you know, how to actually prepare yourself for sleep. I'll give you a very simple example about sleep and what you do before you sleep. I had this kid whose mother brought me, brought him to see me because he was having all this running nose and this sensitive nose problem. We call it allergic rhinitis. Mm-hmm. And um, he came with the sister, but the brother was the patient. And we were sitting down and we were talking and we were talking about his sleep and all that. And then finally, the sister said, yeah, doctor, my brother actually gets up and walks around the room at night when he sleeps. He was actually sleepwalking. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I've heard a lot of cases about it. And the mother didn't know. So the mother was shocked. So we did something called a sleep study. And we saw a lot of sleep fragmentation. That means his mind was very awake when he was asleep. So then when we, when we were looking back at the history and talking about it, what this kid does at night is he watches a lot of, uh, you know, these action movies, you know, these Marvel comics kind of things. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he used to watch that on the iPad. He's only eight years old, eh? And uh, he was watching a lot of these uh, action movies before he goes to sleep. So he was probably dreaming and he was reenacting this, but he's, he was not going to sleep actually. So he was actually not even going into deep sleep. So the mother totally freaked out, banned the iPad just for two days and we repeated the sleep study. And in two days, everything sort of was slowly stabilizing back again. So you see, something as simple as that can cause a lot of problems to sleep. But parents don't even realize but when you ask them, can you wake him up in the morning? Oh, very difficult to wake him up. You have to call him three, four times and he wakes up. When he comes to the breakfast table to have breakfast, he'll be a lot of like, you know, dozing off on the table when he's having food. You drive him to school, he tends to sleep off in the car, you know? Uh, it reminds me of my sister. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't think he'll be liking you telling that online. <laughs> So these are all things that we, we look at to get better sleep. And something else that you can even do is what we train people now to do is breathing exercises. So like a lot of people, when we, when we always think about breathing, right, we become very conscious and we take deep breaths, which is actually not very good. You shouldn't see your upper part of your chest move when you breathe. It's all diaphragmatic movement. So you've got to learn how to control your breathing. So it should be shallow but constant breaths so it's like so it should be very calm breathing and the other trick is you should take your tongue and put it place it behind your front two teeth okay so 
people with breathing problems, one of the things that we tell them to do is, can they place their tongue like this? Nope, Sophia, you can't do that. Wait, how, what is that? Well, this tongue caving. So it's one of the exercises that we teach them to breathe. Because to breathe through your nose, you have to have your mouth closed and your tongue in the correct position. So one of the simple exercises that we do is keep your lips closed and don't press it together. Nope, that's wrong. You just have to gently know that's wrong too. So just keep your lips closed. Okay, I don't know whether Cheryl's doing it, but just keep your lips closed. Try and place your tongue at the roof of your mouth. Just tongue sitting behind the teeth. And then just breathe in and breathe out. Mm, the head all shouldn't move like that. Can move. All this is all compensation. Okay, so these are the small, small things that we can do to, to improve our sleep if you can't sleep. If that is still a problem, then you need to get help. Okay, because it could be a nose problem, because your nose is blocked, and a lot of dental issues, grinding, all these things you need to get a doctor to look at. Okay, shall we go to the next question? Yeah, so next question, um, and it's something I'm really curious about. Does sleeping longer actually help you grow taller? <laughs> Not at your age anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does when you're growing and it's during your maximum growth spurt as a child. So we find that children like between the ages of, you know, two, three, five, six, like this, a lot of them when they have stunted growth, they're not growing. One of the things we look at is, is a breathing problem. So that means they, they are not breathing correctly. One very important thing that we look at is mouth breathing. That means they sleep with their mouth open they, they have very bad posture. So in your age, what we look for, when, 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 when kids your age come to see us with a breathing problem, we look at posture. I look at posture. So people who have learned how to breathe wrongly as a child will actually have something called a forward head posture. And that is because of a open mouth breathing. Mm -hmm. So you tend to be like this. You tend to have your shoulder tilted to one side. So these are the kids, or even adults for that matter, they can't stand mm -hmm. straight, they tend to shift their weight to one side, they tend to cross uh -huh. their legs and stand. So uh -huh, all uh -huh. this tells us that there are problems with the posture. So mm -hmm. talking about this, that is why when you're growing as a child, it's very, very important that we put all the places, all the pieces in place for you to get correct growth. Mm -hmm. So you all are going to have kids one day. So remember this, okay? How you are during your pregnancy is going to dictate what's going to happen to your kid. The more stress you go through, the more sleep problems your kids are going to have. Breastfeeding is very important because it trains you how to keep your mouth closed. It trains you how to put your tongue in the correct position. Bottle feeding is not good. You shouldn't bottle feed very long. You should not thumbs up. You should not uh, use pacifiers. All these things are things that make the jaw smaller. So people with Dental issues with crowding, with non-aligned teeth, all this tells us that there could be a possible breathing problem because most patients don't have symptoms. Mm -hmm. But when you have all these teeth issues, right, we need to look at the dimensions of the skull and we need to see, see when we breathe, right? Do you remember how you breathe? Mm -hmm. How do we breathe? They teach you in science. How do you breathe? Oxygen enters the nose. <laughs> Okay, yes. That's all I remember. And then it will enter the lungs. Yes. And then okay. Oh my god, my my, bio, my biology is failing me. 
Okay, don't worry about it. So what actually happens is your brain actually tells the muscle called the diaphragm to move down. So when your diaphragm moves down and your chest wall moves out, your lungs expand and it creates a seal where air actually comes in through your nose into your lungs. But for that to happen, the mouth has to remain closed and the tongue has to remain against the roof of the mouth. So why are we talking about breathing and sleeping? Because they are both very, very closely interrelated. Because if you don't breathe correctly, you're not going to sleep properly. You see, a lot of the sleep disturbances are because children are mouth breathing, they don't get enough oxygen, and that's one of the reasons why they don't grow. So you see, there's a lot of perceptions. Eh? When we talk to parents, and I talk to them, and I said, why are you still giving your five-year-old or six-year-old a lot of milk? Oh, milk for calcium, because calcium, they have to grow. Now, if I ask you to choose between calcium and oxygen, which would you choose? Oxygen. Oxygen. <laughs> yeah, totally oxygen. Totally <laughs> oxygen, right? So, because if you give too much of calcium, you're just going to pass it out in your urine. Ooh. But if you're not getting enough oxygen, it not just hinders your growth. It also hinders your brain development. It, it, it literally infects everything in your body. Yeah. Oh. So, breathing is very, very, very important. So, that is why... You, you really have to understand that there's a very... That's why when you saw the slide I showed you earlier, right? Mental health, breathing and sleeping. So they're mm -hmm. all interrelated. So does that answer your question, Cheryl? Whether you're going to grow taller? Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're taller than me. Yeah, Cheryl's quite tall. <laughs> I consider very sharp. Even my mom says that. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually at average height in my family. Like all of us are, uh, are pretty much an average of uh, one five five cm. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm the odd one out in my family, so everybody else is considered short when they stand next to me. Wow. <laughs> all right. A long time ago. Kick up. Next question. Okay. Next question. Why do humans need sleep, and when is the best time to sleep? Okay. I think we already know by now why we need to sleep, right? Yep. We've talked about it. It's all about, you know, repairing your cells and it's all about, you know, uh, it's, it's a very important function to get the whole system aligned together properly. What is the best time to sleep? Nighttime. <laughs> Without a Night doubt. <laughs> because that's when your body actually senses. We've talked about it. When it's night, you, you see darkness. So what is very important is when your body is tired and it tells you to go to sleep, it is best that you go to sleep. Don't fight the sleep because, but I really feel sorry for you all because unfortunately today your school system is such that they give you all so much of homework, oh, yeah. you all so much of assignments and yeah. like never ending work is like what you cannot finish today, you have to carry on tomorrow. So I really, yeah. really, really feel for you all, which I think it's, in fact, if you, if you look at some of the interesting things that are coming up from the U.S., they are actually talking about having later school times. That means they start, they start school later. <coughs> they said just starting school one hour later makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Because, you see, a lot of the times, right, it's not just getting to school, you know. Because parents are going to work, they have to send you to school early or your bus mm -hmm. comes and picks you all up. So you have mm -hmm. to like, you know, some of us, you stay the furthest away, you're the first to be yeah. the last to be yeah. Okay. So you're already leaving like one or one hour to one and a half hours before your school starts. Mm -hmm. But then you're overloaded with work. You're actually cutting into your sleeping time. Mm 
So you're actually going to school not feeling fresh. You're already tired and you're like already starting on a, like you're already starting with a handicap. Mm-hmm. So how do you focus? How do you study? So when, like for me, right, we even talk about it in adults, okay? We say maybe working six days a week is actually not efficient. Yeah. You have work lesser, but work efficient. So that everything is all about balance. So you really need to find that balance because you see, y'all are kids now. Whatever habits y'all inculcate now, it's the same habits that you're going to carry into adulthood. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. If you if you if you're already training you with all these kind, it's like oh work 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 driven driven driven. You know you always have to finish. You're always chasing after something. These are the same things that you're going to carry into adulthood. And it's bad practices. And this is what we are seeing in all, all the patients that I see with sleep problems. So mm-hmm. I said, there's no point in me doing anything if you cannot correct all these things. So there's a nice slide somebody shared with me once, you know. She said, don't blame your parents. It's not entirely <laughs> genetics. Don't blame the environment because it's not entirely gen. Don't blame the healthcare because it's not us entirely. Look at yourself in the mirror and blame yourself before you start correcting all the others. So it's all about habits. It's all about habits, habits, habits. So we need to inculcate good sleep habits, good breathing habits from very young. And so sleep is very, very important to me. Between exercise, sleep, and uh, diet, you get your sleep right. Everything else will be. We're talking about diet, right? Do you know that mm-hmm. if you don't sleep well, you become, you you actually start putting on weight. Yeah, my mom tells you that. Oh, your mom tells you that. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, because there's an imbalance between the hormones. So that is why you need to eat at the proper times. You don't eat too late. Don't eat before you go to sleep. Tend to eat lighter at night before you go to sleep. Don't eat heavy meals before you go to bed. Eat at least about five to six hours before you go to bed. You know, they're good habits. Don't exercise immediately before going to bed. At least exercise about five to six hours before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. If you're adults, I'll talk to you about why you shouldn't drink before you go to bed as well, but I'm not going to spoil you all yet. <laughs> Don't go down that path. Bad path. Okay. okay. Next question? Yeah. So, next question. Um, <coughs> why do we have nightmares? Yeah, I'm actually very curious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, having nightmares is... Um, there's, there's, there's two differences, okay? Having bad dreams and having nightmares. Now, usually I, nightmares is actually, you, you have some form of psychological stress, anxiety, depression, you know, you've got exams coming up, you tend to overthink things and these can manifest as nightmares. Now, usually dreams and nightmares, right, they usually happen during REM sleep. It's normal for children your age to have nightmares, especially more so in girls. Because, you know, between guys and girls, girls are the more emotional ones, correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, totally. Yes, so these are things that, so you go fight with a, I don't know that well, you guys are big enough, if you go and have a fight with somebody, a friend or something like that, and then you, you, when you go to sleep, you're, you're going to sleep with that thought in your mind and that can manifest as nightmares and stuff like that. Oh. Even certain very bad incidences, let's say somebody close to you, uh, you know, passes on or something like that, mm-hmm. you go to sleep, it's on your mind, you know, and that may manifest as dreams. So I want to tell you something. Uh, if you have repeated nightmares, uh, that's not good. That means you have a sleeping disorder. All right. Oh. So it can be associated with mental health uh, symptoms. It can be associated with certain drugs. So sometimes when you give certain medications, especially certain uh, things to 
to work with your moods and stuff like that. If you suddenly stop it, you can have rebound nightmares. Uh, certain types of illicit drugs can also cause nightmares. Okay, mm -hmm. things like uh, very illegal drugs and stuff like that can also cause nightmares. But <clears throat> saying that, in kids, we caught something called night terrors. So, you see, before you go into that, do you know what's the difference between bad dreams and nightmares? Mm, no, I thought that they're like the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Strictly speaking, from a medical perspective, there's a big difference between the two, okay? Now, mm -hmm. bad dreams is you don't wake up. You wake up the next day and then you think about it and it's like, shit, I had a very bad dream last night. Okay? Like somebody meeting with an accident or something like that. But oh. you didn't wake up with it. But nightmare, you must wake up. That means you're sleeping and then you, you think up and then suddenly you wake up with a start, you're sweating, your heart is beating very fast. Uh, that's nightmare. Oh, okay, okay. Because I think a few days ago, I, I thought that I had like a dream which is like quite bad. Mm -hmm. and then, so I thought that it might be a nightmare. <laughs> no. there's, a, there's a difference between the two from a medical point of view. So um, this is a lot to do with sleep stages. There's so many things, you know, sometimes like usually these dreams and all that happens uh, when you're on a timeline, when you're stressed at work, you know, in school or something like that, then you tend to have these kind of dreams. And people have tried to interpret the dreams and all that, but that's a whole different science altogether. It's nothing medical related. Mm. Now we talked about night terrors, right? Now, night terrors you usually see in children. So, okay. you, in, in children, what happens is, you can see them thrashing around in bed, uh, like you can see they're, they're enacting a lot of things in bed and all that, but mm -hmm. the next day when they wake up, they've got no recollection at all. They can be screaming, they can be, you know, they, they, they suddenly wake up, like shouting and all that, but they don't wake up, you know, they, they are sleeping actually, but we call it night terrors. Yeah. Sounds yeah, because my sister, yeah, my sister, uh, like had that a lot. Like when she was when she was really young, she always like just like uh, pretty much wake up and then uh, screaming around, like calling for her mom like that. But she doesn't realize she's awake, right? Uh, no, not at all. Yeah, and then the next day you ask her, also, she doesn't remember anything, right? Yep, not at all. <laughs> yeah, did she grind her teeth when she was sleeping? I don't think so, but then, uh, but then I I heard that like if you if you go to sleep without washing your feet, uh, you you will you will get that. <laughs> Grinding your teeth during sleep is actually it's actually a breathing problem. That means you're not breathing correctly. Same with night terrors in children. It means that you've got breathing. So when you have all these allergy issues, you know, like skin allergies, asthma, you know, they call it sensitive nose, the early morning sneezing, running nose, and all this that will actually impair your breathing and you get a lot of fragmented sleep. So when you're not breathing correctly or for some other reason, because there's so many reasons for this, you need to look for all these issues in children. Okay? Before we move on to our last question, um, can I just ask, like, is there any way to prevent like, nightmares, like sleeping early or like, not looking at your phone like, before? Yes, you just answered your question. Oh, oh really? <laughs> okay. okay. If you're having all this, Try to avoid taking, you know, like caffeine, stimulants, Milo. Milo has also got a fair amount of caffeine and sugar. So try no. not to take too much of sugar at night. Okay? Avoid processed foods. If it was left to me, I would ban fast foods. <laughs> <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> yes, I know. But it's basically all got issues with your oxygen uptake in your cells. Okay? So... If you, if you, I, I, I tell, you know, if you learn how to eat unhealthy, you will pay a bigger price paying doctor's bills later. So try to stay away from seeing doctors. They're not very good people. Ah, okay. <laughs> Coming from one. Stay healthy. 
All right. Okay, now the last question. How does sleep affect our mental health? Okay. <laughs> That's a whole one hour talk by itself. And even yesterday, we were oh talking my. about it for one hour, 15 minutes, and we didn't have time to cover this. So <laughs> there is a lot of correlation between sleep, breathing, and mental health. Okay? okay? The way you breathe can actually lead you to have things like anxiety, depression. When you don't get enough and you're sleep deprived, you get more anxious. So interestingly, the, the, the thing when I look at patients who are breathing, right? Uh, these breathing patients. Now, these breathing patients, when we look at, there are a lot of very subtle differences between men and women. So that's why you see between panicky, anxious, driven, I like the Chinese word for this, you know, the, the word is called kanchong, is it? Kanchong. Yeah. Yes. So when you see these kind of characteristics in people, eh, you need to start looking for ment uh, breathing issues which can actually drive to mental health. So in women, especially, we are seeing now that if you have anxiety, if you have insomnia uh, in, before your menopausal, after menopause, it can actually lead to even things like depression, and other mental health issues. And we are now looking at things like how breathing actually affects all of this. So there are very, very interesting differences. And now these are all things that we are just observing, okay? There's no real hard and fast rule. Now, who is more beauty conscious, men or women? But I don't know about the younger generation, men, the generation X and uh, the generation Z. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seem to be more conscious about how they look and how they dress. My time, we couldn't be bothered, lah, you know. As long as we had clothes on our back, we'll go out. <laughs> but the thing is, now people are more conscious about how their teeth is, how their jaw looks like. So you see a lot of people are going to aesthetics and they're pulling out teeth, they're putting bridges, braces and all that. Now, if you imagine your whole skull is very determinant how your skull position is because your breathing passage and your eating passage is within the skull. So when you do a lot of manipulation here and you make things different, either whether you, you make it smaller or you do anything, you may actually cause problems in relation to breathing. And this may, so people with headaches, migraines, you really want to see whether they are sleep deprived, whether they are sleeping enough, whether they are getting good quality sleep, whether they are going through their proper sleep stages. And now it's very good because, you know, those sleep trackers that everybody wears, you know, the Fitbits and... Uh, Garmin watches and M1, uh -huh, yep. all these yep. kind of things, right? It's actually very, very good because I have patients who come to me and they look at these things and they say, hey, no, I actually sleep, you know, but when I look at my watch, I'm not getting enough deep sleep. And then when we look into their nose, we look into their throat, then we find there are a lot of problems in terms of breathing. They're actually not breathing correctly. So this is this concept of mental health. There's a lot of things, like even when you go and see uh, psychiatrists or psychologists, right? If you're anxious and all that, what do they tell you to do? They tell you to be, they tell you how to breathe slowly. They tell you how to calm yourself. They tell you to, you know, uh, conscious awareness. Uh, these are all terms that they use. Don't worry about that. But it's, but these are all things that are not new. You see, if you look at yoga, if you look at Qigong, if you look at all these things, right? They talk about breathing, posture. So they're all very, very relevant. So mental health is becoming a bigger problem today because of the way we live. We, oh. we live almost like 24-hour days. We're always chasing after something. See, I told you, right? Mental stress during pregnancy can cause sleep disorders in children and adolescents. And this is a scientific paper on this. Okay? Oh. So 
I've seen it in my friends and you know even in my niece. For no reason, a two-year-old or a three-year-old can stay awake until one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. They just cannot go to sleep. But a child who is supposed to be sleeping eleven to twelve hours or even up to fourteen hours a day is only getting seven to eight hours. They are chronically sleep deprived. And when you're chronically sleep deprived, you're tuning your brain because you're now your 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 waste disposal system. Everything goes out of sync. So you got more toxic material in your brain. That is why even if you look at some things, you know, do you all know what is behavioral problems in children? Hyperactivity, attention deficit, you know, all these things when we look at them, actually 70% of these patients have actually got breathing disorders. And they're all very poor sleepers. So once we correct this, we can actually help improve their breathing disorders. So there's a huge, huge correlationship between mental health and breathing. And we... The problem with medicine is we all are very compartmentalized. We all tend to sit in our own specialties and we tend to do our own thing very, very well. But the problem is nobody sees the body as a whole. So we have to be very holistic in our approach. And like I said, you, we have to be responsible for our own health. We cannot expect others to take charge. Oh, I've, I've got some problem. Let me go and see the doctor. I'll take some tablets and I will get better. No, I think we need to move away from this perception. I cannot sleep. I take sleeping pill. That's the worst thing that you can do because you take sleeping pill, it actually gives you non-restorative sleep. That means it doesn't allow you to go into deep sleep and you know the REM sleep I was telling you about? Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's why people who take sleeping pill, the next day they feel very groggy, they feel very tired, they feel they, they call it the hangover effect. Oh. Yeah. So we, we now, moving away from all this, we do a lot of behavioral therapy, we even talk about hypnosis and stuff like that. So... It's a huge topic by itself, Cheryl, and mental health is, you guys can get in touch with me and talk about this anytime, but ultimately it's very important about breathing and sleeping is two very important things that should not be overlooked in general health. (coughs) Nobody ever thought that breathing was so important, right? As long as we breathe. I never thought of that. (laughs) I just thought like, okay, just I just need to breathe as long as I get oxygen and all, okay. So, yeah. I, I joke with my patients and I tell them, you know, I said, when you have chest pain, you run straight to the cardiologist. So, it's like having a car. When you have a car, you always want to look after the engine. But nobody thinks about pouring petrol. But isn't petrol important? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's just like that. Your body is like the whole engine of your car, but you need oxygen. You need to get oxygen into the right place, into the right way. And it all, you have to put that whole system into place. And then you'll be healthy. Oh, thank you so much, doctor. So, is it okay if like, if, uh, like can you elaborate on good sleeping habits? Okay. Yeah. First of all, make sure you get your adequate hours. Okay. okay. Make sure you don't have breathing problems. That means if you have problems with your nose, a lot of people have allergic rhinitis. You know, they wake up, this early morning, sneezing, running nose, itchy eyes, itchy nose. Now, that's something that's going to affect your nose and most people end up using the mouth. If you have these problems, get them treated. I don't have to tell you the air quality outside that we breathe today in Klang Valley is probably one of the... I'll let you decide whether it's the best or the worst. <laughs> yeah. so you're yeah. breathing, if you're breathing, you know, bad air through your nose, you need to wash your nose. I mean, you need to look after your nose. So most of my patients, I'm seeing ENT patients, right? So I get mm-hmm. patients with nose problems. So I get them to to wash their nose. Cheryl, do you know the irrigation, right? You, do you uh, know that? Yeah. The, the wash bottle you use to wash your nose every day? Yeah. 
So these are things that we get people to, to wash your nose so that you can breathe better and then avoid smokers. They are, they are, they are contributing to the pollution. Um, oh. Eat healthy, you know, eat at proper times. Don't take too much of coffee. Don't get too hooked on technology, you know. You need to expose yourself to the sun. In fact, the, the thing is about sleep, you know, they tell you that when you sleep, because this whole process is going on, you're actually utilizing water. So when you wake up, the first thing in the morning that you should do is drink a cup of water, room temperature water, and not coffee, because coffee actually makes you dehydrated even further. So drink water first before you drink your whatever drink that you have in the morning. Try to go out in the morning sun, you know, because by getting sun onto you, you actually, you sort of, you know, kickstart your biological clock. Your hormones will start working, you know, correctly. Everything will sort of... So at least spend about 10 minutes in the sun every day. Your vitamin D is produced because of exposure to sun. So you don't have to take unnecessary supplements. See, the human body is such an amazing tool. I mean, it's, it's so well engineered. Uh, there's nothing man-made that can come close to it. And you really don't have to do a lot. All you have to do is treat it with respect. Do what you have to do with it. And make sure that you, you provide the body with all the correct uh, you know, circumstances and environment for it to look after, look after itself. So that's the beauty about the human body, okay? And make sure when you sleep, you, you must really understand the whole concept of sleep. It's like you're going through a whole process of exercise throughout the night. So everything has to fall in place and, you know, all has to be working correctly. Thank you so much, Doctor. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, once again, I would like to thank Dr. Jivanan for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. Um, to all the listeners, I hope you learned a thing or two about sleep. And feel free to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Subang Utama Leos. And also check out our new sleeping playlist that we'll be dropping together with the podcast on 19th of March. Uh, I hope all of you have a great day ahead of you. Bye. Bye.